one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So, I for one am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually actually I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hey there, babies. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. Hey, baby. (laughs) I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Welcome to the show. Before we kick things off, we just want to remind you that you can always visit our website, Forever 35 Podcast, for links to everything we talk about here on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Forever 35 Pod, Instagram at Forever 35 Podcast. There is a very big Facebook group where the password is serums. You can sign up for our newsletter at Forever 35 Podcast.com slash newsletter. And I guess you can also text or voice text um text or voicemail us that's what i was about to say <laughs> at 7815910390 and our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com kate yo <laughs> you went to a concert last night i'm so tired this morning that i feel my age so deeply i did go to my first concert since the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh uh And it was so much fun and so nice to be out amongst people again. Like I was, I went with our friend Caroline Moss to see Waxahachie here in Los Angeles. And it was at this beautiful venue at this church where like nobody stood. We all just sat in pews. It was like very calm. Yeah. It was the acoustics were amazing. Like it was really wonderful. But I was saying to Caroline on the drive home, like, it felt good to be annoyed with people again. You know, there was like a guy who was like bopping around and taking so many videos on their phone. And I was just like, oh, that person's annoying me. Like, I missed that. I missed yeah. like looking at people and like writing their stories in my head and, and just seeing what people are wearing now and being in line for a bathroom. All those things that 
you know, were just part of life that I took for granted. It felt really fun to be back into the world. And um, I will also say it felt pretty comfortable. You know, you had to be vaccinated to get in. You had to show your ID and your vaccination card, and then you had to wear a mask. And it was, you know, it felt great. It felt did you completely show, safe. Did you show your vaccination card at the door? Yeah, you had to like your first check in. Like as though you were checking, they were checking ID kind of Well, thing. and then they also match your ID card with your actual driver's license Ooh, to make cool. sure. Yeah, right. I was like, uh-huh. And then they gave you a wristband <laughs> as if it, you were drinking. You know, they gave you a wristband that yeah. said you're, you had had your vaccine card checked. Yeah. What a world. And then you went and checked in with your ticket. So it was vaccine card first here in California. That's how we roll. I know it is not the same everywhere. I know. I know we live in a very um, mandated state, which I am all about. Totally. Bring it on. I will show that card to anybody. Same, same, same. Caroline was very funny. She was like, I want any opportunity to show my card. It's like being... being carded when you just turned 21 and you're like yeah i'll give you my license that's how i felt i was like whipping it out holy oh my gosh but i feel so true i feel hungover right now dory like i'm so tired did you drink no i had zero i drank water i don't i don't rarely drink wow i was stone sober it's just getting home at 12 30 and going to bed at one and then like waking up to make your kids a smoothie at seven it's not doesn't feel good for my old yeah. body. Yeah. But I just seeing live music was like so good for the soul. It just was, it was just like, I felt so joy. It just felt like joy to just be mm-hmm. in the world again. I, I can't even, like, it was everything I needed. A serum for the soul, as we have said here before on Forever 35. I'm really glad you got to do that. Well, it made me, thank you. It made me feel a bit more comfortable with the idea of going to see Fish because I have a mm. few concerts I'm supposed to go to here in California. And it's the same thing. You have to show proof of vaccination. I don't know about the mask part, but I will wear a mask. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I felt a little bit, I was like, oh, I can hand, I think I can handle this because it feels like it's, it's can be scary. It can feel like a lot. It's, they're new situations to walk into, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, so that's um, where I'm at today. Okay, well, that is great. I'm so happy for you. But we also have something else we need to talk about, which is you have discovered a love of notepads. Okay, so I want to set this up by saying that. I feel like if you listen to this podcast, your reaction might be like, here we go again. (laughs) Kate's discovered something that she thinks is going to change her life. And then in a month, she's not going to be doing it anymore. And I'm going to have to sit here and listen to her talk about another thing she loves. And, you know, which I get. That's how I feel about myself. So if you're having this reaction to anything I'm saying, (laughs) I see you. I hear you. I am you. I have had, I have to admit, I have had a couple of people who like I'm close with who don't know you super well, but who listen to the pod be like, does Kate get really into things? And then like, fuck, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that ADD in a nutshell? I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a You're psychiatrist. Not a, not a professional doctor. <laughs> Look, I get it. I mean, I also I feel like I also get like enthusiastic about things. Um but I I, I don't I know. I feel it's, very I feel very vulnerable. I feel very revealed right now. Like I don't I'm think naked. it's a I don't think it's a bad thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I think okay. it's just like uh, I think you just have to lean into it. You know what I mean? Like Well, you know, you can't we can't help who we are. We're stuck yeah, with this. Right. We're stuck. So like how can you see this? How can you reframe the narrative and see this as like a superpower versus like a negative? I remember once saying to my therapist, my old therapist, um, I was like, you know, I've never stayed at a job. This was before I'd been at BuzzFeed for too long, but I was like, I've never stayed at a job longer for two years. Like, 
maybe I'm just someone who like quits things. Like maybe I'm just Mm. someone who gives up. And she was like, maybe you're someone who like knows when to get out of a bad situation. Oh yeah. And I was like, that's a better reframe. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I had been, I had been kind of pathologizing it. I'm like, Oh, like this means something's wrong with me. I feel like I've spent my whole life doing that about just about everything. I mean, it's really hard to undo that lens. Yes, totally. So, okay. Well, I anyway, appreciate. I didn't you mean to that, make Dory. you feel super vulnerable. I mean, I we already do a podcast where I've literally talked about having hemorrhoids, so it's too late for. That's true. <laughs> it's yeah, too late. You're right. All right. I Whenever take it I'm back. Like, <laughs> Whenever I'm like. Oh, we've shared so much. There's no, there's no removing this. It's all out here now. Totally. Okay. So this is pretty minor compared to this. What I am very excited about is that balancebound.co very kindly reached out to us and they were like, well, the founder of the company is a, is a listens to the pod and is a fan of the pod. And so she was like, I think I, you might like our planners. Like, I know you've tried everything, but may I send you some stuff? Now, uh, of course, we were like, yes, please give us everything because, you know, we're hungry for everything. Mm-hmm. And they sent us two of their planners, one with the, like, the book bound kind and one with a wire bound, which are gorgeous. They're really beautiful. And then they sent us a bunch of notepads. And I tried out the planner, which I liked, but then I was like, let me check out these notepads. Mm -hmm. And I have gravitated toward one. I'm going to hold it up so you can see it. And actually, I can take a picture of one to share on our Instagram, but you can see, Dory, how I have, have it. Can you see how I have it done? So it's this wonderful daily notepad that is not dated. So you get to fill in the date. Dory is reaching for something. Well, I have mine right here. Okay, so you haven't you haven't opened it up yet, but you got to get into this. Yeah, I've 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 like looked at it and been like, oh, this looks cool. Okay, this notepad is exactly what I needed, and I didn't know they have on one side tasks, and they've divided them. It's like a checklist, and they've divided it into work, self, others, and home which really works for me. And then on the other side is a day, like an hour, no, excuse me, an on the half hour from 6am to 10pm appointment calendar, which I fill out with stuff I have going on. And I have been doing this every day and I freaking love it. I like the notepad better than a planner. Do you take the notepad with you? I don't go anywhere. Okay. (laughs) Where would it come to? The bathroom? Well, I don't know. Like, say you had a list of errands you needed to run. Okay. I wouldn't... No, I wouldn't... Well, they also gave me all these other cool notepads, which I've also been playing, like a playing. I've also been using like a today's to-dos, a list notepad. So if I had to like go get groceries, I would maybe transfer. Or if I needed to write down everywhere I had to go, I would maybe... um, you know, put it on a different slip of paper. But yeah. this is my like desk notepad. Got it. I it's, sit like a, and it's like a blotter. Remember desk blotters? I don't. What are those? They were like the really big notepads mm-hmm. that you would just leave on your desk. They were calendars. Oh, yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. God, what Does a time. Do you use those anymore? Are those still, do those still exist? Maybe those are our answer to all. That's the problem. Desk blotter pad. I don't even really. Do you do you just mean the big calendar that you used to keep at your desk? That's what yeah, I but had. I feel like it used to just like sit on your desk. Like it wasn't on the wall. It was like on your desk. Yeah, I used to have a giant when I worked at VH1, I had a giant calendar. Yes. That sat on my desk. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Like like this. I'm sending something to you. You okay. can get it staples for $7.99. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll check it out. Hold on. Let me just see this text come in. Yeah. I used to, Exactly. Yes. Right. I used to have one of these sit at my desk all day. Yes. But this is not the same. I actually no, much no. prefer this notepad. 
But this notepad has been really helpful for me in writing everything out, having it kind of compartmentalized so I can kind of see the different categories of things. Like mm-hmm. I know I have, I have a piece due, a freelance piece due. We have the episode. I have to work on my book draft and I have to record ads for this podcast. And then I have to make a bunch of doctor's appointments and then I have to, you know, uh, do our bills and then I have to order some stuff for our home. Like it just helps me. Yeah. The way they have it organized really works for my brain. And then I also like that I just rip it off and throw it away. And then I start fresh tomorrow. Mm. Or at the end of my day, I fill out the next days. Like I mm. write. Um, mm-hmm. So, 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 so. Okay. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Well, I also wanted to talk a little bit about to-do lists today. Because tell me what you're feeling here. So yesterday, and I talked about this in the newsletter that went out yesterday, but I wanted to expand on it a little bit. So okay, yeah, I want to hear what you're saying. Yesterday morning, wait, was it yesterday? No, it was the day before, two days ago. I had like an hour before we had to record. Okay. And I've just had this sort of like ongoing list of things I needed to do that are like a lot of them were small, like they see in my mind, they were like small things, quote unquote, like things that I wasn't going to schedule a time to do. They were just mm-hmm. sort of like floaty things that I knew I needed to get done, but they all seemed easy to get done. And yet I had done none of them. I feel you on this so deeply. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to knock all these things out because also all of them were within like a mile radius of my house. Right. Like there's no reason. There's yeah. no excuse. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was like, go to the bank, drop something off at UPS, drop something off at the post office, like pick up a prescription at Walgreens. Like it just, it was like all these little things. And I checked them all off my to-do list and it felt so good. Like I felt like I was on a high. And then when I was writing about it in the newsletter, I Googled like psychology of small tasks and I learned that there is an actual scientific reason why it feels good to check things off your to-do list. Continue, Dr. Dory. Your brain gets a dopamine hit when you complete a small task. And then every time you do it, it is like craving it more. So it's like seeking out more of it, which is why when you do like... When you do like one task, you want to do another one, which is why I was like, oh, I should just do this other thing. You know, (laughs) you get that high, the task high. Yes. Like I'll even give you an example. Like I was running these errands and then I was like, oh, this one thing I have to mail is like back at the house. That's annoying. And I could have just like gone home and been like, I'll do it later. But I was like, no, no, I'm going to go back home, get the thing and go mail it. Because I was like, I'm on a roll. My, my brain was like, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. You were high on tasks. I was high on tasks. Yes, exactly. You get me. I do. Well, it just, I, I, I get those when you get in that zone. Yes. But yes. I, I wish, like, so you had this euphoric task completing day. Yes. And so actually the art, and we'll link to this in the show notes, but this article where I read this groundbreaking information also suggests that the next time you want to accomplish a big goal, and I'm quoting from the article, try to break it down into bite-sized dopamine-friendly pieces and check them off. Oh, that's interesting. It it even says, if you want to write a novel, make a deal with yourself to write for just 15 minutes every day. And then you get to like check that off. And your brain is like, ding, ding, ding. I I actually really love that because I've been... Yesterday, I wrote 2,000 words, which is, if you're not a writer, it's a lot of words. substantial. (laughs) It's a good chunk. But I was... a lot. It is. (laughs) <laughs> and I, what I've downloaded is the Be Focused app. And actually, um, Phoebe Robinson, our guest today, mentions working with a Pomodoro app because these apps and the Pomodoro method is breaking work down into 20 or 25 minute sessions and then taking a five minute break. And that really helped me 
kind of get through the work I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And also every time I hit 500 words, I kind of made a note of it. And I was like, oh, I'm just chipping away. So I do like the idea. And I do think it makes sense with a larger, like, for example, I'm thinking about how I need to organize my entryway. Mm -hmm. Like right now, it's like a bunch of different weird baskets filled with weird things, masks, more masks that you've ever seen just strewn about like confetti purses, dog leashes, water bottles, and all of it feels very overwhelming. But possibly if I even broke that down. Yes. And I do think that the the checking it off is a key part of this whole exercise. Because it's a visual of completion. Yes. You're seeing yourself yes. get through it. Yes. And so I feel like we we can integrate this with your notepad. Oh, I love a check on the notepad and they have little spots where yes. you can check so, or cross out. I think this is going to be great. I'm excited for us. But will I not be excited about this in a few weeks per my pattern of behavior? I don't know, Kate, but I... <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm optimistic for the notepad. Well, anyway, Kate just brought up our amazing guest, Phoebe Robinson, the coolest. Um we will read her bio right now in case you are somehow unfamiliar with her. Phoebe Robinson is a multi-talented stand-up comedian, New York Times best-selling writer and actress. She is best known as the co-creator and co-star of the hit WNYC Studios podcast, Two Dope Queens, which was turned into eight one-hour critically acclaimed HBO specials. She's also a New York Times best-selling author of the books, Everything's Trash, But It's Okay, and You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain. And her new book, Please Don't Sit on My Bed in Your Outside Clothes which is also a book of essays, came out yesterday. Additionally, Phoebe was a staff writer on the final season of Portlandia, hosted the critically acclaimed podcast So Many White Guys, starred in the movies Ibiza and What Men Want, and was a five-time moderator on Michelle Obama's International Becoming book tour. Most recently, she founded Tiny Reparations, a production company under ABC Studios, and Tiny Rep's first project, a talk show entitled Doing the Most with Phoebe Robinson, premiered in 2021 on Comedy Central. And she also has a book imprint called Tiny Reparations Books. No big deal. I mean, she really does do the most. She does do the most and has really great advice on how to kind of take care of yourself while doing the most. Yes. Yes. Her And her new book is laugh out loud, hilarious slash filled with like brilliant advice and thoughts. Yes. And it's just so good. Please do yourself a favor and go get it. Although I bet the audiobook is also going to be amazing. Oh my gosh, I only yes. read it, but I kind of want to listen like, to the audiobook now. I know. Doesn't this seem like great audiobook territory? Yes, totally. We really loved Run getting to talk time. to Phoebe. It was, it was a real treat. We were really excited to get the chance. So yep. please enjoy Phoebe Robinson. All right. We'll be right back. 
The superpower short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite honey love piece. Let me, let me just tell you why. Yeah. Get into it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just (laughs) going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to 
become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with glorious dynamic. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Well, okay, Phoebe, hi. We loved your book. And I don't know if you even know what you're getting into with us, but... Our podcast is all about self-care, which means we got to dig right in (laughs) to your amazing chapter because it resonated. Um, So you have this incredible chapter toward the end of your book, which is titled, Self-Care is Not a Candle and Therapy is Not a Notebook, How How We Are Doing the Most and the Absolute Least at the Same Time. And I'm going to only speak for myself, but maybe I also can speak for Dory in saying that it felt like a revelation. And it also felt like a lot of the conversations we have here where you kind of get stuck in this, like the the consumerist concept of self-care, which we all know can be BS, but then also can kind of be enjoyable. Um, and then throughout the chapter, you also talk about how self-care is the way we understand it is really inaccessible for so many people. So... I mean, it's just, it's great. It's like one minute you're laughing and the next minute we're discussing the Black Panthers and Audrey Lord, And it's just, it's amazing. So I would love to kind of start off hearing about your own exploration through self-care and kind of what, what is kind of the conclusion you've reached as uh, a person participating in, in self-care? Yeah, I mean, I think self-care is a combination of things. And so as I was writing this essay, I don't want to be like, if you, you know, Get a mani pedi. You're garbage. If you have a, I mean, look, I have a candle burning right now. Oh, that's too hot. I picked it up and it's too hot. I was going to show it to you, but I was like, don't. Um, but I, you know, it's a lot of things, but I also think at the root of it is this concept of self care has become commercialized in a way that, you know, the Black Panthers and Audre Lord were really talking about. Self-care means taking care of the community. If you're taking care of the community, you're also taking care of yourself. Um, and prioritizing the health of others also means prioritizing the health of yourself. And so with me, I think the way that I was looking at it was it's really become commercialized in a way that therapy isn't affordable to everyone. Healthcare isn't affordable to everyone. And so when we tell people that, oh, if you get a candle, it's the same as going to therapy. Or, oh, if you get a notebook, like I write about in the book, how I got this ad for this a company called Bloom where you can be your own therapist. I'm like, that is not what therapy is. That no, this is not like, oh, you can you can figure out your own bullshit. I'm like, no, you need to have a licensed professional help you work through things. And so my conclusion is Sure, have the candle, read the self-help books, but also realize that sometimes you have to do the work it requires more than something that is going to be pleasurable. And I think Mm -hmm. that to have breakthroughs and work through issues that you have in your own life, it can't always just be a massage, which is relaxing. And sometimes you have to really dig through things and come out the other side, like a little bit rawer, but then you will also be a little bit stronger. So what is a self-care practice that you have right now? Um, So I do therapy. I go to therapy, um, which is great. A super... I won't say super fun, but you know, I think it's good that I have someone to to talk to. Um, I also started meditating more just because Mm -hmm. I was never really into it. Like I remember when I first started, I couldn't even do five minutes because I was just 
running through the to-do list in my mind. I was like, the fact that you can't calm your brain for five minutes says something. So I think meditation has really helped me as I get busier and busier with work to sort of come at it with less stressed out energy. Um, and I do take care of myself. I, you know, I try to be more physically active. I think when quarantine first started happening, my boyfriend and I were just like, you know, terrified to leave the apartment. We like wouldn't go do anything. And like there are moments like we would be inside the apartment for 35 days in a row. And it was just so extreme because we were just so anxious. And so I was just like, I got to go for a walk. I got to like get outside and move and make sure I'm getting vitamin D from the, the sun. And so I, in the, like this month I started jogging and that's been like really nice to just sort of have mm-hmm. that sort of physical thing. Cause I'm, I noticed I was like still quarantining a lot because of work stuff. So I had to like make sure I wasn't being exposed, but then I was sort of getting back into the, I'm not leaving my apartment. I'm scared to like get COVID. And I was like, okay, okay. Yes, it, I am scared, but I also want to make sure I'm moving physically a little bit more than I, I was before. We started therapy in the quote pandemic, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, that was, mm-hmm. was that something that kind of isolation and, and being alone with your mind, what kind of got you to the space to try it for the first time? Yeah, I was so concerned about, you know, work stuff falling away. And then, yeah. you know, we just started the my production company six months before COVID and then we we're all inside. And, you know, you go back to the spring, it's sort of like you had no idea what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. And so I was just so riddled with stress and I was just like, I got to make sure I'm drumming up work so I can cover my overhead, pay my employees, do all these things. And so I just really was in a place where I was really kind of like on edge and so stressed out about work. And I was just like, I should, I should do something about this. Cause like the breaking point, I think it was like one morning I was working on something. It might've been my book or something else. Um, But I was like so stressed out that I like, Got up from my desk, which was just the dining room table. <laughs> I got up from typing. I went over to the trash can in the kitchen. I like vomited quietly because I didn't want to wake up my boyfriend. And I went and sat back down on my desk and just like kept writing. And I was just like, oh no, this is like not good. Like you are too stressed out and too concerned about the state of your business that you're doing that. And that made me go, I should just talk to someone and sort of get a handle on this. Um, you brought up your business and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, being stressed about making payroll and all, all the things that go along with being a business owner. And I was really, um, obsessed, I guess, with your chapter about being a good leader slash boss and your list of what Warren Buffett should have told you. Mm-hmm. Um, because these are things that no one ever tells you about managing people and owning your own business. Um, so, could you talk about kind of how you see yourself as a boss now and how you developed these guidelines, I guess, um, Mm -hmm. that you write about? Yeah. I mean, running your own business, I always try and think like six months to a year ahead and sort of Mm -hmm. try and have kind of like a map in my head of where I want us to be and what I want us to be working on. And I think being a boss and a slash leader has really only made me grow as a person and sort of, you know, I had to like, look at what's the best sort of healthcare for my employees. That's like not something people are talking about when you run your own business and um, making sure that overhead is covered and just being financially smart about things, making sure your employees are taken care of, you're paying them well, they feel like they're not overworked. So there's a lot of managing. There's a lot that in interpersonal relationships, there's a lot that's time consuming that people don't talk about when it's being a boss or a lawyer uh, or a leader. It's just sort of like, Believe in yourself and don't give up. And it's just like, this is like a a really long job. And so um, I think what I've learned over this short time is to sort of pivot. I think that's the biggest thing is like when you realize something's not working or you realize you could be more efficient 
just pivoted to something else that's going to get you on the right path again um, to be, you know, compassionate with your employees and about whatever they're going through and to, to have fun. Because if you're going to start a business and it's just doom and gloom every day, just go work for someone else because it's just going to be too emotionally and mentally taxing if you're just going to be like, in this state of just stress running your own business. Is there like an element of confidence growth on your end to kind of step into the role of of leader in that way? And and were there I'm I'm curious if you had moments of self-doubt and how you pushed through that because you have so many I mean, I guess it's one umbrella business, but you've got like Mm -hmm. 50 different things going on (laughs) at once. Yeah. I mean, I think everything informs each other. So I think for on one hand, like doing stand up comedy, and that again is like that's the whole confidence thing and being certain in your opinions. And I can apply that to business and make sure that, you know, if I'm taking us in a direction, I can explain to, the, the employees, why I made this decision. And, and, you know, so I think there are certainly moments that you kind of doubt, oh, am I doing the right thing here? Is this going to be the thing that's going to propel us to the next level? But I just have found that you have to trust your gut and make educated guesses and, um, have trusty people by your side. Like I always, you know, consult with my publicist, Sam on stuff and my director of operations, her name is Mai. And those two really just help me, you know, kind of do everything and make sure we're, we're making the right calls. I want to um, switch gears a little bit and talk about the discussion you have in your book about being not just child-free by choice, but pr- proudly child-free by choice. And the many kind of misguided reactions that you've experienced to this and how you've handled it. Um, we have a lot of listeners who are child-free and child-free by choice. And I think this would really, this chapter would really resonate with them because this is still something that is not discussed or viewed mm-hmm. through the lens of like, oh, they must want kids, but can't have them. And it's still really a conversation that's not being had that much. So I would just kind of love to hear how you have dealt with people who treat your decision that way. And then what what you might want other child-free people to know. Yeah. You know, it's still a, a stigma for a woman to not want to be a mother or... Yeah. Um, to not be able to uh, be a mother or, or, or conceive or carry a child full term. And if, there's just so much society wants women to be perfect in all these various ways that are often conflicting. And for me, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. I have a lot of, a lot of my friends are in their mid thirties or older. And a lot of my girlfriends are having kids now, but there are still some who are, you know, they're freezing their eggs because they're waiting. And there are some who are like me who decide, yeah, I don't want to have kids. And there's also some who can't have kids for whatever their circumstances are. And I think what I wanted to do with this essay was sort of just be open and honest about what my thought process is and that this isn't like I haven't found the right person or I'm avoiding adulthood and that's why I don't want to have kids or, you know, something's like broken and wrong with me that I don't have this desire to be a mother. And I just wanted to just be like, can we stop? Mm. It's 2021 and we're still sort of, forcing women to feel bad about themselves because they don't want to do something that other people want to do. And I think for me, feminism is the ability to architect your own life. And we have to celebrate all the choices that women want to make, the women who want to be parents, the women who don't want to be parents. And I feel like we're still so far behind the eight ball on that. And I wanted to be honest about this in this essay, but also wanted to have fun too and make people laugh. And so I think I struck the right balance between serious and funny, but yeah, I just want women to feel empowered to make whatever choices they want in their lives and to know that they're not alone. Like if you also don't want to have kids, I'm right here with you. Yeah. It does feel like a very isolated or isolating experience because people aren't, people still don't talk about it or they, they treat it like, like you said. 
yeah, it's really, it's really, <laughs> it's just, it's so strange that this is still a thing that we have to contend with mm-hmm. and that you have to constantly feel as though you have to justify your life choices all the time. And, you know, I'm always just like, I love having dialogue and talking about motherhood and all that stuff with people who are really interested in that. But then I just think there's some people who just want to be invasive and have a conversation so they can, you know, judge someone for their life choices. And I'm just like, you know, for every person who's like me, who's like out and open about like why they don't have kids, there are many people where that's a painful subject matter. And I think the lack of compassion and grace that people have when approaching that says a lot. And I'm like, you should just be mindful that if it's not something you brought up with you and you're not close with them, maybe you should just steer clear of it so as mm. to not hurt anyone, you know? Yeah, that really resonates with me because I struggled with infertility for a long time mm-hmm. and I just felt like people were constantly asking me if I had kids and I was like, I wanted to be like, if I don't bring it up, yeah. it's usually a good indication that I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to like, hear you say that. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be an ally in that. And I hope society gets better about it because there's just no excuse at this point for treating women the way they do when it comes to this topic. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, Okay. Which is visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, we are back. 
You have a chapter in your book devoted to hair. Plus, of course, you have your 2016 essay collection, You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain. And so I'd love for you to kind of take us on this hair slash self-discovery journey that you write about in the book. Yeah, I think after I wrote my first book, You Can't Touch My Hair, I just was sort of like, oh, I'm cured of all this sort of like mm-hmm. things I was indoctrinated with. And then with this book, I was like, oh, I'm not. And sort right. of, <laughs> and sort of what that means. And, um, you know, I think that when you're conditioned to believe that your hair is not good enough, not right, is politically threatening, is socially threatening, um, is a sign that you're allegedly less than. It's, you know, it's not as simple as like, well, I shaved all my hair off and I found myself and I listened to NDRE and now I'm great. And so with this book, with this essay, it closes this new book, uh, Please Don't Sit On My Bed In Your Outside Clothes. I really just wanted to be like, that's so much of what life is like. It's mm. not this like, it's not wrapped up in a book. It's not wrapped up in a movie. And a lot of things tend to be an ongoing journey um, as you grow and change. And I think my relationship with my hair is the best it's ever been. And I'm certainly like not negative about it the way I was even in recent years. But, you know, you still live in a world where it's like my kind of hair is not like, I love, like, Tracy Ellis Ross. And I love Yara Shahidi. But it's like, I'm not biracial. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have a loose curl pattern. Like, that's not what's celebrated. My hair, as it is, grows out of my head. It's not like what people are like, yeah, that's what black beauty is. Yeah. And so, when writing this book, I was just sort of like, well, what does it mean when you're a part of this natural hair community, but you're still not celebrated? You know? Um, and so I love the natural hair community. I think it's fantastic in so many ways. I've been inspired by it. I've felt like I've have great resources from it, but there's still also that kind of like people with 4C hair, really tightly coiled hair are really sort of pushed to the margins. And, you know, it's frustrating, even a struggle, like even like 10 years ago to just find hair products that would be good for my hair and not destroy it. And I'm like, well, it's like 2011. You're like, what are the things that I can use? It's so silly. And so I feel like with this essay, I think I'm in a happier place. Mm-hmm. I'm in a more confident place about my hair. But, you know, we'll see what happens next. I'm going to keep the door open. I'm not going to be like I'm cured, but I'm going to say like right. things are better than they were before. I just love that so much because you're right. It it does apply to so many aspects of our lives. Like we want to believe that we found the solution, quote unquote, or, you know, we are cured and now everything's going to be great when in mm-hmm. actuality, it's like this ongoing process. And like, sometimes you have setbacks, you know, and that's okay. Um, so I, I really appreciated it. And I also just love the scene of you on the couch and you <laughs> open your eyes and your boyfriend is like recording you because you just look so like at peace. I just, it was so sweet. <laughs> yeah, it was so cute. And I was just like doing my hair, watching Living Single. And he was just like oh. loving how much fun I was having doing my hair because he knows like the journey I've been on. So that was a really cute moment. I'm so glad he captured that. Yeah. We all love your boyfriend after this book. I feel like we're all. Yes. Yeah, he's just so sweet. <laughs> um, I did want to just touch on the wonderful footnotes in your book because they're almost like a whole book within the book. And you had this amazing, this amazing discovery early on where you just talk about how you had just recently learned that we're quote supposed to replace our underwear every six months, which was also news to me because mine this was is like news to me also. Years old. <laughs> and, and it was just like one of those like weird kind of bullshit adult rules that feels like you discover and everyone's like, yeah, you haven't been doing this. Uh, <laughs> so I was wondering if you did start actually doing that. And if there's like anything else like this that you've kind of been told or discovered um, that you have noticed and maybe. Yeah, I, I, um, with the underwear thing, I am definitely just living my life how it was before I learned that information. So I really, I really truly only change it when it's like falling apart and I have holes in it. And my boyfriend would be like, 
you can't afford new underwear. It is okay <laughs> to let this Swiss cheese go and get <laughs> get new underwear. Um, so yeah, I think I think you know. I remember that episode of um, Sex and the City where like Carrie's computer crashes and she like lost all her stuff and like my boyfriend is so into backing up work. And I was like, I don't, and I remember I like lost something that I was working on. I think it was like my previous book. And he was like, you gotta back up. And I was like, I'm not backing up. People are not backing up. Like, what is this? And so now like, I am now a person, I back up my work and I'm just like, who have I become? But I definitely was just like, is everyone doing this? And then I would talk to a lot of people and they're like, yeah. We are doing this. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, the other... Oh, sorry, Dara, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you're reminding me that um, I haven't backed up my hard drive since I got a new computer, which yeah. was... That was months, months ago. Months ago. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You got to do it, girl. You got to do, do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. All right. <laughs> the other footnote, I just want to note, we don't even have to discuss this, but the lady who repeated the mantra only peed no need when she didn't wash her hands in the bathroom. <laughs> it fucking made me laugh so hard because is that a thing that people just know to say? I you don't have know. the answer to this. I, I mean, I don't, unless you've discovered it, but it was so jarring to, to just see someone like say that to you. Yeah. And it's sadly, it's not the only person I've seen who has, who is just like, Oh, I only peed. So it's fine. And I'm like, what? Who is telling you this? What is happening? <laughs> Pete is dirty. What? So I'm always like, you. every time you use the restroom, you have to wash your hands. That is my message to everyone. Um, and, oh, I was talking to my friend Jordan Carlos, and this is a little bit of a side note, but... Um, this was like maybe earlier this year when we all like were solely as comics starting back doing stand up mm. again, which was very exciting. And he's a dad, he has two kids, and so he like interacts with like a lot of like, you know, parents or whatever. And they were talking about like how we're slowly coming out of quarantine and this person goes, Oh, I'm so glad this is over. Like we can stop with the whole like like washing our hands thing. And he was like, No, no, this is how we're in this mess. Like washing hands is a part of life forever. It wasn't just like to get through COVID. I'm, so people are out here with these crazy rules. And I'm like, just wash your hands always, please. Yeah. For the love of God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, be, just wash them. You would just be horrified them. at how often my kids walk out of the bathroom and I have to be sent back in. <laughs> To wash their hands. Well, my but son is kids. It's different. It's, di it's different. Fair, that's well, yeah. I feel like I'm having this opposite experience because my son is two and a half. And so kind of all he's known is the pandemic. And now mm. he's like kind of obsessed with washing his hands and like mm. wants to wash his hands all the time. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is not good either. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Phoebe, Kate and I are also both um, authors. And so I feel like this is... I'm asking this somewhat selfishly because I like to know how other people who write books kind of do things and organize their mm -hmm. days. But when do you get writing done? Do you set aside blocks of time? Like, what is your process? I do. I have, I'm moving things because I have this, it's this company called Saver Beauty and they do... I should I should get a sponsorship with them, but <laughs> they do these uh, planners that are called my next ninety days. Ooh, um, and they and they break it down. You set like what you want your your goals to be for the next three months, and they break it down by weeks. And so I go and I I sort of block out my day, but I allow flexibility based on like what comes up. Um, so it all depends, like. If I have a lot of meetings during the day, then I'll try and wake up extra early in the morning so I can sneak in a little bit of writing. Sometimes I'll write in the evening. So it really depends. But I, I what really helps me is I use this app called Pomodoro. Um, it's fantastic. If you guys don't know, you can set like little where you write for 25 minutes, take a five minute break, blah, 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 do that rhythm. So that really helps me sort of be like, okay, I'm going to dedicate 
you know, three hours a day doing Pomodoro and I get so much done and then I go, okay, that's all I need to do. So that really helps Mm -hmm. a lot. But I just, I have to be flexible because my schedule changes a lot. And so that's how I get it done. You're doing so many things. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) I mean, truly your executive functioning must be very high level because from having your own imprint to stand up to production to development, I mean, to writing, I just, my brain, that's incredible. But it sounds like you have tools, like you've established systems. Yeah. And it's taken a long time to sort of figure this stuff out. Cause I would just be like, I have all this thing, these things to do, blah. And it would just always be so overwhelming to me. So once I started sort of, you know, blocking out my time, it really helped me be like, Oh, I have more time than I thought to get things done. So I can like schedule in a proper lunch break where I'm just mm-hmm. like eating instead of like shoveling food in my mouth as I'm working. Um, so I work a lot, but I feel like I also am able to sneak in breaks in and relax too now. Um, I know we're coming up on the end of our time together. So I just want to say that I love that you thanked yourself in the acknowledgments. <laughs> because I feel like we so, and, oh, maybe I shouldn't say we, I feel like I so often kind of, you know, you want to be self-deprecating. You don't want to come off as like braggy, but in actuality, like you've achieved something amazing and you worked really hard at something. And so I just love that you were like, yes. <laughs> I'm thanking myself. So that was, that was very cool. Thanks. I, I really, as you guys know, you, you write at books as well. And people just think that we, it, it takes no work to write a book. They're just like, Oh, so you just like got it done. It's like, okay, whatever. And it's like the three of us know. Yeah. It is a lot of work. There are many yes. drafts. You are staying up late at night. You are running on deadlines. And so to persevere through that for nine months, a year, year and a half, two years to write that book, that is a feat. So you should thank yourself for doing that. Yes. Um, well, I think that's a really nice note to end on. Yeah. Um, thank you, Phoebe. Do you want to just give a shout out to your social media and kind of where people can find you if they're not following you already? Oh, yeah. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Dope Queen Phoebes. That's P-H-E-E-B-S. Um, and you can follow me there. I'll be promoting the book, the stand-up special, which comes out on HBO Max on October 14th called Ooh. Sorry Harriet Tubman. Um, I do a series on Instagram called Thirsty Thursday where I just sort of wax hoetic, as I like to call it, about <laughs> um, different male celebs and how hot they are. Um, and they also post, you know, social justice stuff. Not that I'm an activist. I would not claim that title, but just sort of to like spread awareness and what do whatever little bit that I can. So it's a little bit of fun, a little bit of seriousness. And I don't, I'm not one of those people who's like, their stories are, you know, this huge ellipses across. Like, I'm, oh, I'm not I'm, that interesting. I'm like, I gotta skip this bitch. I'm busy. So I, <laughs> I post this, I post his stories, but it's not too ignorant. So yeah. Yeah. And your new book is Please Don't Sit on My Bed in Your Outside Clothes. And it's so funny it's so and great. brilliant. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You guys are both fantastic. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Yay. Phoebe is one of those people who makes me feel like I'm doing the least at all times. <laughs> Because Not with she, your new task list system. I mean, sure. But like, I mean, she is just, she has so much going on. It's amazing. Yeah, she does. Yeah. It's so well, cool. I, I mean, I, she's just like one of those talented and everything people, you know? She also has a head for business. Her chapter on being a boss is both hilarious and fantastic advice. Yes. I loved it. Um, all right, let's move on to our own intentions. Kate, how is your carpal tunnel? It, well, now I'm going to stretch my wrist because I was just thinking about it. It's, it was feeling better. And then I did bicep curls the other day and those, those didn't make them feel good. So I have to, have to not do bicep curls anymore, which I've talked mm. about with my trainer and I'm not going okay. to do them anymore. Right. Um, but it is feeling a little bit better. I also, I had, um, I just got a new computer. So I'm still kind of working that out, but I had a little, like a little lift that I put on my keyboard that I need to order again because it really, it actually really helped, um, with my 
wrist pain because I've gotten I've gotten carpal tunnel like my job is in my wrists, you know. Yeah. So do you use a wrist pad on your keyboard? I've tried it and I don't like them. Okay. Do you use a wrist pad on your mouse pad? Same answer. Do you use an ergonomic mouse? No, and I also don't like those. Listen, lay off, Dory. Don't okay. get me to do ergonomic things. All right, listen, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to help, but Apple I products, guess you don't want my help. Apple products were made to give you carpal tunnel. Yeah, which is why I don't use them with my Apple computer. <laughs> I have had a really, I've actually tried all those things, and I have my. I don't know how to say this in a way that makes sense, but my brain has a very hard time adapting to like, especially the mouse. It Mm -hmm, just is, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel good mentally, but then the repercussion is that it doesn't feel good physically. So I appreciate your advice. I've just tried it all and it it hasn't really quite worked mentally for me. I just, I started using an ergonomic mouse when I started getting like a tingling Mm, in my fingers. And then I was like, oh, this totally solved the problem. Anyway. I'll let you figure your shit out. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, I love it. Look, I know when my advice is not wanted. It's so. wanted. It's just rejected. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, what about this week? Okay, well, this week, per our initial discussion, I want to try to keep going with my daily planner pad. Great. Big planner pad fan. I love this energy for you. And also thank you to Balance Bound for sending us these products because I don't know if I would have ever tried this on my own. I think I would have been like, I won't use a notepad. And now I literally am making love to this notepad on a daily basis. (laughs) (sighs) All right. So Dory, last week you had a goal of scheduling some writing time for yourself. And I did. I did this. I checked this off. You did. Did you yes. get a dopamine hit, do you think, when you checked it off? I think I did, yeah. Cool. Um, this week, I've talked about the Power Zone Pack Challenge on this podcast before. We have over 200 people signed up for the challenge, which is... Whoa. Uh, Pel- it's, not, it's not Peloton sponsored, but it is based on Peloton rides. Um, and it starts on Monday. Well... By the time this comes out, it will have started on Monday. And my intention this week is to do the week's Power Zone rides. So it'll be three rides. And that's my that's my intention for the week. Very cool, Dory. Thank you. Are you still doing it? Well, I'm signed up, but I'm already feeling overwhelmed. So I don't know how long I'm going to last. Okay. But I'm going to try. Great. And if I don't succeed myself in doing all these rides, I will definitely be cheering you and the group on. Great. Virtually, of course, since none of us are doing this in person. But you know what I mean. I do. Well, we'll (sighs) see you on the bike and we'll also see you back here on the podcast. Yeah. And just to remind everyone, February 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dori Shafrier, and Kate Spencer. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Sam Reed is our project manager. Our network partner is ACAST. Bye, babies. Bye, babies.